verse 15. So I ask you to take a moment to find Romans 5, 15. Be sure if you'll stand in our great God's honor as I read this verse. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Let's pray. Father, we live in the days of the one man trespass. We know, Lord. But thank you that we also live in the grace that overflows to the many because of the gift. And we worship you today, the one who gave his life for each of us. We remember the cross. We rejoice. Lord, I'm always amazed by the verse in Hebrews 12, 2 that tells us for the joy set before him. He endured the cross, scorning its shame. Wow. Father, grab our hearts, our minds, and our wills that we may see this gift. In Christ's name, amen. It's um, already been mentioned, and it's actually... Um, Quite amazing when we think back 21 years ago, what happened on September 11th, 2001. It's hard to believe it's been 21 years. Christopher Tucker um, was an air traffic controller in New York City. He said he got up that day, headed to work, and the weather was absolutely gorgeous. It looked like just a beautiful day. But not long after he arrived at work, there was a plane who had cut off their transponder or actually uh, placed in an unknown code so that uh, he knew something was wrong. This plane was not flying in its designated course. So at first they thought maybe there was mechanical trouble. But as the plane continued to fly toward the city, uh, deep down, each of them knew that this was probably not going to end well. And, of course, on that day, I've got just a few numbers. 2977, 2,977 people were killed in those explosions uh, on that day in those buildings. 25,000 others were injured. 1,400 rescue workers were a part of that number. People who ran in to a nightmare in order to allow others to still have a dream, to still have hope. 1,400 of those lost their lives. Why? Because there were people who didn't have a chance, and there was only one way they were going to have a chance. If somebody ran in where nobody wanted to be. In a larger sense, guys, that's what Jesus did. Because of that one trespass, we're all in a desperate place. We're all headed toward an explosion or a fiery finish, as you might say, unless somebody runs into the fire for us. 
That's the gospel. I read Tuesday an article that talked about um, a ritual, as Thomas has shared, that happens every year for the National Fallen Firefighters Foundation. It's a tower stair climb that happens at Discovery Tower. And they actually have firefighters who put on their full gear and they run up and down all the steps in Discovery Tower ten times, which makes it the equivalent of the 110 flights of stairs that the firefighters climbed up to get to those in the buildings that were crumbling. And so others stand by, they donate money, but they also stand by and they cheer on these firefighters as they try to go up all these flights of stairs to pay tribute or honor to those who lost their lives trying to rescue those people. We don't really have a way to imitate the cross But what we certainly can do is remember the cross. Remember the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And guys, that's simply why we're here today. Um, a couple of verses I just want to read. 1 Corinthians 1.17, Paul writes, For Christ did not send me to baptize, that's what we think church is about a lot of times, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence. He says, not about how pretty my words are lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. And what we want to do today is we want to stop this morning as we remember the cross. We want to remember the power of the cross, a power to change people's lives, to take people who were in desperate situations and to offer to them hope and a whole new opportunity to live instead of wait to die. Another verse, Galatians 6, 14. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, to whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Romans 8, 34. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is also at the right hand of God and is interceding for us. He's praying for us, Jesus, at the right hand of God our Lord. Now I want to look at seven reasons the cross was necessary this morning. So I'm going to try to go through these uh, promptly. Uh, like I said, we'll be going in the Gospels this morning. I want to start out in the Gospel of Mark. And this is chapter 14, verses 35 and 36. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. First reason the cross was necessary, it was God's will. Jesus, although being fully God, also was fully human. He suffered and he struggled in his humanity, although he's God. When he was in the garden, he was praying and he was struggling with the human part of him. 
Lord, not my will, but your will be done. The cross was necessary because God's will had to be accomplished. And Jesus was the one to accomplish it. We similarly are told to deny ourselves, to take up our cross, and to follow Him. We are given a command that we are to say no to only what we want and to seek Him, to desire His will to be done in our lives. I think of John 6, 38, where Jesus said, For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of Him who sent me. Jesus said, I'm not here merely to live, but my ultimate end game is to die for you upon a cross. And the follower of Christ, we're to be like Christ. How? In the way that we see that our end game is not merely to suck everything dry out of this life, but to live for Him in understanding that we're headed toward real life, eternal life, uh, heaven. We're to take up our cross. So the first one is, it was God's will. The cross was necessary because it was God's will. Secondly, the scriptures had to be fulfilled. Uh, Staying in Mark chapter 14, verse 49. Every day I was with you, teaching in the temple courts, and you did not arrest me, but the scriptures must be fulfilled. The cross was necessary. The scriptures had to be fulfilled. You see, as you read this book, guys, it's always headed toward Calvary. From the start to the finish, it speaks about the necessity of the death of Jesus Christ, that the sacrifice had to be made. It all points in that direction because, quite honestly, we needed God to step in where we could not solve the issue. This sin issue, this terrorist that wants to control us and to take us to eternity without the love of God. To miss the whole point of life. But Jesus had to go to the cross so these scriptures could be fulfilled. So that this book would come true, ultimately. Third, going to the book of John, the gospel according to John. This is verses 10 and 11. Do you refuse to speak to me? Pilate said. Don't you realize that I have either power to free you or to crucify you? Jesus answered, you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Pilate was this politician who had a lot of authority and power in that region. He was the guy who could call the shots. But yet Jesus plainly said to him, Yes, you do have some authority here, but you are not the ultimate authority. I have come to serve the one who has all authority. The Father. The Heavenly Father. He is the judge. Yes, you have some power over me and what will happen to me, but ultimately it is the judge of all, the Heavenly Father, who will call the shots and the last shot. The cross was necessary because this judge, to whom all of us must give account, must have some reason 
to say, you don't deserve my judgment. And that's the cross. He bore our sins upon the cross. The judgment we deserve, he took upon himself, so the scriptures proclaim. Staying in the book of John, chapter 19, verse 17. Carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. The cross was necessary. Jesus had to die upon the cross, quite honestly, because no one else could. Only Jesus is the perfect Lamb of God. Only Jesus is without sin. Only Jesus could truly pay what we owe. The cross was necessary because there's only one who could die for our sin. You know, it, it tells us in John 3.16, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. And we don't really use that word begotten today. But it literally means His one and only Son. His unique Son. His one-of-a-kind Son. Jesus Christ is that one. The cross was necessary because He came for that time to fulfill that purpose. Our wonderful Savior Jesus Christ, he carried his cross, and it was only his cross that could meet the need. Next, uh, going to the gospel according to Luke, chapter 23, verse 34. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Boy. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The cross was necessary because we all need to be forgiven. The Bible says all have sinned. The biggest little word, right? All. It's inclusive, all right. We talk about being inclusive. It includes all of us. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The cross was necessary to take care of that. Jesus said, Father, forgive them as he hung upon that cross, as he suffered excruciating pain and being separated from the heavenly Father to whom he had had complete fellowship for all of eternity. As he hung there, his focus was not upon his own pain, but upon us and the forgiveness that we so desperately needed. The cross was necessary so that forgiveness could be ours. Quite simply. Continuing on in Luke chapter 23, verses 44 and 45. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, for the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Darkness covered the earth. And the temple had this curtain, and the significance of the curtain was that there was only one who could go behind that curtain, and that could only happen once a year. It was the high priest of the land would enter into a place that was called the Holy of Holies. And he would offer a sacrifice that was representative of all of God's people. And this one sacrifice offered by this high priest was meant 
to cover the sins of all of the people for that year. It had to be done over and over again each year. As a matter of fact, it was such a scary place for this high priest to enter. They, they had this rope and they had a bell on it and they would tie it around his foot in case he died in there because he was meeting the Holy of Holies, the God himself. And man, he might die when he sees the Holy One and so they could just pull him out with that rope in that place. But that curtain, it was torn in two from top to bottom. And the significance of that, guys, is it started in heaven where the God of gods, our God, sits. And as it torn from top to bottom... Suddenly, we were allowed in as it came to the bottom. Our sins, completely forgiven, the barrier removed, and now we have fellowship with a God who was once far away, and now He is near to us. The cross was necessary for that. And one more as we prepare to enjoy together what we call communion, where we stop and, and, and we remember Christ and His sacrifice, and we're honest about ourselves and how we need to make sure our hearts are clean and our minds are right, and, and that we're listening to God as we partake of this wonderful gift that He gave us, and the trespasses overcomes is overcome by the gift of the one man Christ. This last one, still in Luke 24 this time, 45 through 47. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins, will be preached in His name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. The cross was necessary. When Jesus was with His followers, it says He opened their minds, that the Holy Spirit has to open our minds. And I, I pray here today that if you've never understood it before, this good news of Jesus Christ, uh, this forgiveness being a possibility for you, this new life, this new start, this new hope being available to you, I pray that He will open your mind today to see that there is an invitation to receive real peace, real joy, real hope. And it's found in Christ, and it was necessary at the cross that he die in order um, that we may receive all of that. And guys, he, he says the very message that we preach, I'm not here to, to preach politics, I'm not here to give you uh, 10 ideas to improve your life, to make you a significantly better person and easier to live with, and your spouse says, yeah, you can shoot one of those out, please. That's not exactly... That's not why I'm here at all. I am here to share with you the good news of Jesus Christ. That we are sinners, but He went to the cross. And I love it. Notice how He says this in the text. 
the Messiah will suffer. He did suffer. That's as we partake of the Lord's Supper. We remember that suffering. But it also tells us that and rise from the dead on the third day. His death is not the last word. It's not the final word. It was necessary so that the price for our sins could be paid. But praise be to God, his death was not the final word. He rose from the grave. It doesn't get any better than that. And that is what we are to preach. We're to preach the message of Christ that it was necessary for him to go to the cross, but evidence that his sacrifice was received by the Heavenly Father is that he rose from the dead. Man, that is good news. And he tells us that that is to be preached everywhere, to all nations. He said, start at home. That was Jerusalem. That there be repentance. And that forgiveness of sins be received. And that's what's happening. That's what's going to be signified as we, in a moment, pass out these wafers uh, that represent his body, how his body was broken for us, and, and the juice that represents his blood shed for us. The blood is the essence of life in a person. Take all the blood out, forget it. <laughs> and, and so the blood of Christ was given freely for all of us. And, and that's what all of this, what all of it signifies, guys. So at this time, I'm going to ask the deacons to come down to sit at the front, and we're going to prepare our hearts and pass out before you the Lord's Supper.